Hello, friends, and welcome back to the 5-Minute Movie Review, the show where we go over 5 minutes. I owe each and every single one of you a free popsicle. Today, we'll be looking at We Have Always Lived in the Castle. friends and welcome back to the five minute movie review Ooh, my my voice is a little off today but you know <laughs> that's okay uh i just watched we have always lived in the castle came out in 2018 this movie is directed by stacy passan screenplay by mark kruger and based on the novel by the great shirley jackson yeah so i decided to watch this movie because i just finished the book and, you know, I was kind of back and forth on the book. It took me a long time to read it, even though it's a super short book. I got kind of lost and kind of bored in, in the middle of it. But I picked it up again, and I ended up really, really loving it and, and getting it. Especially the ending. Love the ending of the book. This movie, though, fucking sucks. This movie, like, all the, all the themes and things that Shirley Jackson was trying to go for in the book just ruins them just absolutely takes a big big fucking kakapupu on it all but that's for my review that will start now camera speed now here is a motion picture film a thousand feet 16,000 separate photographs let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel Okay, our five minutes has started. I'm going to start this review by reading this entire Letterboxd review because I thought it was so good. This is by Joshua Dysart on Letterboxd. He says, It's strange when the biggest change you make in adapting a novel to screen is you add lots of physical violence against the female characters, even a backstory of abuse that's not stated in the source material. It's interesting that a female filmmaker has done so much to take the inherent dark power away from female characters and decided to instead victimize them. I absolutely love Jackson's blah, 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 blah. I admire some of it, which I which I do, there's a couple standout sequences from the novel I thought that really that handled really well, but ultimately it takes what's subtle about the story and makes it obvious, and takes what's obvious about the story and buries it under an uninspired dramatization. And then there's a lot more to this review. I implore you all to read it. It's really well done. Uh, but then he says, But the worst sin that the film bleeds the story of almost all its humor. In the novel, there was joy in the house before the outsiders arrived for social tea or in the case of Charles to get at their hidden money. And then the biggest part of this review, which I agree with, is the ending, of course, a heartbreaking departure that shows no fidelity to the spirit and theme of the novel, and worse, no real imagination. Oh boy, that's a, that's a well-written review there. <laughs> I really, really uh, agree wholeheartedly with everything he says in that review. You know, it, it's rare where you see a letterboxed review that's like, yeah, yeah. But okay, we'll break it down in more detail. The writing... The writing is the worst part of this movie. It started off actually pretty well. It really did. I was really, really enjoying this movie. And then there was just things they started to change about the book. And I was so kind of offended by it because it really just departs from the meaning and the intent of the original source material. The characters are really stripped of a lot of life and their inner motives. Uh, Sebastian Stan's character, which he plays, the cousin Charles, is fucking terribly written. 
terribly written and I'll go into the acting of those roles in the acting session too but also pretty terribly acted you know I mess with Sebastian Stan I, 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 I I enjoy him as an actor, but man, does he suck in this fucking movie. I disagree with the review I read a little bit with the character of Mary Cat, uh, Mary Catherine. I thought Mary Catherine was okay, written okay, uh, who is the main main character. Written okay, obviously took a lot of her heart and soul and drive and her uh, her power away. Uh, but I thought it was much worse in Cousin Charles and in Constance. The review also um, says how the, the person who wrote the review hated the way that uh, Uncle Julian was portrayed. And I disagree. I actually quite like the way that Uncle Julian was portrayed. And I think it's actually pretty close to the story. I know that the the review said that that uncle julian's a pretty humorous character but i kind of disagree i think it's more of a sad kind of humor that that the movie kind of portrays in a in a pretty authentic light which i didn't mind okay we'll go into the acting i thought the acting was overall meh i think i think tysa formiga as Maricat was pretty good pretty good i thought alexandra daddario was pretty bad, not gonna lie to you. I really liked her in the beginning, but then I saw really no character growth, and, like, the only character growth that I kind of saw is that she would, like, depart from her smile every once in a while, but still kept that. Didn't really see her inner life and emotion. It's like, it just felt like not a lot of work on these characters were done by the actors, and that's a little concerning. I actually thought the best performance was by Crispin Glover as Uncle Julian, actually. Disagreeing with the review there, but I think I think he was actually quite well and subtle and got the spirit of Uncle Julian right. Okay, I, there's some things I really did love about this movie. I'm almost running out of this five minutes, but the cinematography, the lighting, the set, the house was incredible. That's the only thing that brings this movie to... A total of a 5 out of 10 for me. Honestly, pretty... I'm making it sound worse than it is. I think if you don't read the book, you're probably going to enjoy this this movie more than I did. But, you know, I'd say give it a try. It's not great. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't like this thing too much. Uh, it has a lot of things going for it. Uh, definitely editing. I didn't say much about editing, but the editing is pretty damn good in this, especially in the beginning. I just didn't like the translation of the text, really. Uh, I have to say, the star of the movie is lighting. I was going to make it editing, but uh, about like halfway through the movie, the editing kind of lost me and got uh, less exciting. Um, but the lighting maintained really good and, and kept up the dark tone of the book and the just the movie in general and kept it very consistent and very nice and very kind of spooky and I really enjoyed that. Uh, the lighting designer really did a great job. One more thing I wanted to say before the review ends um, is just that Shirley Jackson wrote a book that was almost kind of radical in its view, I think, but in my interpretation, uh, a lot to do with just being left alone, and uh, reminds me of kind of the themes uh, written in the Pulitzer Prize winning play Fairview, which that is talking about um, black people, 
but this is talking more about um, feminism and stuff like that, but just like what would happen if they just left these people who pretty much just would want to be left alone to themselves and not interfere. Um, I think that was a lot of the uh, the themes and uh, meaning behind the book. And it really just kaka poo-pooed all over that theme. And that was probably one of the parts which, which I really, really didn't like about it. It just felt in large a Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywoodization of uh, such a pretty radical and uh, stylized story where I don't even know if the director or writer really loved this book or if it was a studio kind of pushing it. That's what it feels like to me, like a studio really pushed this movie and kind of with the directing, writing, and acting, kind of just like removed all sort of love and, uh, and style from the book. Okay, guys, I really thank you for listening. I know this was kind of a cynical <laughs> little review, but I'm going to do the movies of the week. If I, This is where I lose you. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to catch you next time. Okay, movies coming out this week. Not a great week, not a bad week, though. Uh, we're going to start off with Father Stu getting a wide, uh, wide theatrical release. Uh, I heard it was okay. Um, <laughs> a little story about Father Stu. I was supposed to go to a screening of Father Stew at my college, but they sold too many tickets and could not go to it. And Mark Wahlberg was there. We saw Mark Wahlberg, did not get to talk to him, though. Um, And then we got The Whale coming out this week. You know, Brendan Fraser, his big redemption story. I will be seeing it strictly for Brendan Fraser, but I know it's a little problematic in some places. And... um, I've heard kind of mixed things about it, but I'm definitely going to check it out and uh, form my own opinion about it. It's not terrible reviews, but not great. Uh, I'm excited for it, I may say. Then we have Empire of Light, which is directed by Sam Mendes, also starring Colin Firth and Olivia Coleman. This sounds amazing. Too bad it's not looking like it's amazing. It's looking pretty not great. Which is a bummer. Um, I don't know what to think about it. Um, It's getting a moderate release, so maybe I'll see it. Maybe I won't. Probably not, honestly. Um, If I hear more things about it, I probably will go see it. But meh, meh, meh. And then for me, the big winner this week is Guillermo Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh boy, does this movie look so good. It's going to be streaming on Netflix. It looks beautiful. The initial reviews are great. It it sounds like everything I wanted it to be. The the perfect Pinocchio story which we never kind of have gotten over the years. It looks dark, it looks magical, it looks moving. I cannot wait for this movie. Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to catch you next time, my favorite people on the entire planet Earth.